You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. 3256. Plugging the dates at the top of the show. Guess who has a website? JohnToll.com, everybody. You're going to find out all my upcoming uh, tour dates there on the schedule page. Uh, podcast release shows that I've been on. Uh, recent uh, podcast appearances on uh, Steve Hernandez's Fat, Drunk, and Lonely, number 11. Find him on iTunes on the Dem Nuts podcast from Matt Cole there out of Orange County. Find him also on iTunes. I did Ryan Singer's Me and Paranormal You podcast, also available on iTunes. So, uh, look, if you can't get enough of this one, and by the numbers, you're not. So, uh, yeah, go out and check uh, other things. I hope uh, hope today finds you in a, in a joyous mood. Um, you know what? Here's a simple, here's a simple truth that uh, you can accept into your life and... Uh, Move forward with this. Jeez, I hope I hope you can hear in the background the uh, dump truck wrecking my neighborhood behind me. Oh, can you feel it? But all you can do is smile when you listen. And if you smile when you listen, and that goes to this podcast, that goes to the person talking to you, that goes to music, that goes to anything you're listening to. Smile when it's happening, and it makes life infinitely better. That being said, let's start this podcast. Happy early week. It is a uh, Tuesday. We have a frantic, uh, I don't know what your uh, Tuesday is like, but uh, I got up this morning at like 7.30 and then just immediately launched into the work day, which included, uh, well, I'm, the, I'm the producer for a, a podcast called Barely Friending that I'm doing. Uh, I'm sitting in as the uh, sniper third seat slash producer on the Barely Friending podcast. And that's barely like barely, not barely like barely. You fucking joke writers. All right. That's uh, hosted by a comedian, Eddie Delisepi from Toronto, Canada. Super funny. Um, one of my favorite human beings here, not just in stand-up, but overall people that I've met here in Los Angeles. There's something, and there's something I've always resonated with uh, Canada for some reason. I, maybe it was uh, heading over there on tour, whether if it was sneaking into the country through Buffalo, through Detroit, through any through upstate New York, we were. I remember so many. How many how many flyers did we have to fake? How many uh, phone numbers did we have to have in advance so the uh, customs agents could call ahead and say, "Who is this band and why do they need to drive through this country to get there?" That person on the other end would lie. We would be granted access into the country. Forty five minutes later, run a different highway, go on the other way, go fuck yourselves. This is America. We're bringing it with us. We don't have rules. We're just here to thrash and. Uh, you know, the Canadian people have always been good to me for uh, hardcore and for comedy, for stand-up. I got to do Montreal, Toronto, and so would be able to hang out and do a podcast with my buddy Eddie Delisepe is uh, definitely a... Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think you guys are going to like it. I've, I was working on the... Um, well, our, our co-host, MJ Riggins, who is a, uh, who's an actress. She's on, she's on Twitter. She's on Vine. She's on Instagram. She's also funny. Super great dynamic between Eddie and uh, MJ. So I think you guys are going to like that show. <sighs> so yeah, I was just uh, editing, editing together a quick uh, demo of what that show is going to uh, be to make sure that uh, I've got the uh, tone right on it and I feel 
feel good about it. I just feel great about it. I guess that's that's what makes you jump out of bed at 7.30 in the morning, knowing you've got audio to edit, knowing that I've got a, a, a dumb blog that I started on Sunday night and I got stuck on. i got to finish today. And then, of course, tonight, Tuesday night at the world-famous comedy store on Sunset, the black, dark building with everybody's names on it, from everybody that I love to everybody that you've never heard of and probably shouldn't. Line, uh, walls lined with old photos, haunted as all get out. I've, I, uh, true story. I was, I was, uh, I, you know what I like to do? I got, well, my buddy, my buddy Jay works over there. And so we I was hanging out one day, one afternoon and he was like the only, he was in there. Maybe there was like two employees. So I had the whole run of the place and I'm just looking around and I love going to the main room. Cause they said in the main room is where, uh, well, they said Kennison used to sleep on the stage of the OR. I guess back in the day when uh, when he and Carl and, and, and Hicks didn't have a whole lot of money. And I think I remember hearing stories about like they had to walk like nine miles one way to get there or something. Who knows? I guess that'd be something I could probably Google. But yeah, so Kennison used to sleep on the stage there in the OR. And, and from the stories that they said would, would hold seances trying to call out the ghosts there in the uh, main room. And I one day I, I was... Um, I was I was interested to to go up there's a uh, there's a stairwell that leads to the to the crow's nest where the sound booth is in the main room and it, it, as you walk up the stairs behind you there's this little like gun turret and as the as the story goes that's where the that's where the mob boss who owned uh the restaurant uh Ciro's the Ciro's restaurant before it was the comedy store would lure victims up that stairway and they would get gaffled in the back of the head the body would get you know somewhere some tunnel that would send them into the hill and who knows what would happen to the body but that being said i'm walking up those stairs and i'm I'm getting a look into the peephole and i turn around and there's a door going to the crow's nest and fucking that thing just shut that thing shut in such a slow way like it had a middle finger going yeah fucking watch this motherfucker and i you know like when that you know when something's not right and that and that and that twinge runs up your because it's not just like oh the door's at an angle it's heavy it's wood it's going to shut no this was closing with the purpose this was a good um hey hello yep we're here and uh if you want to find us keep looking and so uh yeah if you ever get a chance and you're in in Hollywood head on over to the comedy store it's uh, probably the most honest stage in it's not the best it's here's the thing the best energy in comedy in the United States of America is at the downtown location of Comedy Works in Denver. Followed by that, okay, is going to be Acme in Minneapolis, all right? Now, the most honest stage, honesty, okay? We're not talking about people having a good time. We're talking about honest human beings are going to tell you if shit's funny or not is the original room because you cannot do as, can't do any fuckery as there. I like, I like, uh, I like folks who use that word. They can't, uh, you can't act out your way into a good set. If it's not working, you're going to bomb horribly. And if uh, and if you're on to some live wire in the room, man, that room's going to let you know. And uh, I would say the next the next best honest stage behind that is the uh, is the Velveeta Room. I guess from from what I've experienced, and I will be in Austin June 19th and 20, working on some dates, uh, opening with my friends Embrace the Machine. I've got uh, dates going in uh, July. I'm going to be in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Wichita, Kansas, Oklahoma City. I'll be working on my art installation. My buddy Pat there in Wichita working on a quick sh- uh, short seven minute video of a story I told on Justin Foster's podcast and uh, happy to announce uh, currently working on principal riff creation for the new Pit Boss 2000 record and uh, Danny X Lax, the original drummer is on 
board. So I'm happy to announce that. So tonight, uh, another thing I have to do, I'm on the Rose Battle. And for those of you who know what the Rose Battle is, every Tuesday night at the Comedy Store, my buddy Brian Moses and Rel Battle have put together a writer showcase under the tutelage of uh, the Rose Master, Jeff Ross there from Comedy Central, The Burn. You guys know him. And they do a thing where two comics face off and in the undercard, which is what I'm doing tonight, we just have a minute. You go joke for joke for joke for joke. And I'm up against uh, my buddy, John Schauble. And uh, looking forward to that. Uh, headlining the roast battle tonight, Austin, favorite, incredible writer, super funny. Ashley Barnhill, you know her. Uh, check her out. She's going to be crying. The last time she battled, I swear to God, she, I thought she was going to make the girl she was battling cry because her jokes were so vicious. And uh, so that's what I'm doing today. Editing, editing audio, working on new riffs, writing roast jokes, finishing the blog. Hey, and then I got to do a podcast. Well, of course, what about all your meditation stuff already out of the way? The work has been done and I'm just here smiling and dialing and uh, trying to come up with, uh, you know, you can only do so much with a person who's white with a beard, who is from Canada, who's nice, who's married who's normal who has hopes and dreams and a pretty good demeanor and then it means you got to make shit up about him and uh we'll see how it goes i guess follow me on facebook twitter and instagram at john toll instagram at real john toll i just put up a video today on the instagram of uh when tmz released the video of suge knight uh running down those dudes and it's funny when you hear something you know the story before the video came out was suge knight rolled up to the uh Rolled up to the fast food place after an altercation it had happened on the set of the NWA movie, Straight Outta Compton. And then he was approached by two gentlemen in his truck. One guy had a uh, had a gun. Um, he backed up, hit the dude with his rearview mirror, I think knocked him to the ground or knocked him senseless. Knocked, uh, and then at, at that point, Shugnag backs up, runs over that dude, and then rolls over another dude who was coming up to assist. Like, there were three dudes there for a fact, two gun. You see one gun on the ground, and you see another dude reach over the top, and another one pick a gun out of the dude's waistband and put it in his own. Plain as day, you're in a truck, and two, three dudes roll up on you with two guns, and you run them over? Well, that's fucking America. And when I was watching the video on TMZ, I was like, this would be the best Ford truck commercial known to mankind. And so I, I Googled ford truck commercials and they had one that just said like getting it done <laughs> and then i put on so i'm sitting there watching the video on my tablet and i'm playing the audio on my phone and i'm looking at it and i'm like oh jesus is this already been made together who put my chocolate and my peanut butter and my peanut butter and my chocolate to taste great together and the next thing you know i got a nice uh i got a solid 11 second video it's a it's a, it's my suge knight ford truck month innocence video so uh, go on instagram and check that out it's also on my facebook and twitter so you can go check it out there that being said i had a i don't know what i don't know what you guys do with your with your free time every once in a while i uh let's see what sunday night sunday night i had a show in covina at the chatterbox which is probably one of my favorite it's it's the it's my favorite stage here in california as far as bar show goes, bar shows go, as far as the kind of comedy that I love to do, fast, loose, the audience a little drunk, a little chatty, the jokes with the low ceiling crack in there, and it's just exactly how it's supposed to be. My buddy Steve Hernandez, I mentioned earlier, he's the curator and host of the show, um, and, and they, what a, they have an amazing team. It's a place where the, the, the drinks are great, they give you pizza, the audience is awesome, and I'm happy to be there. I get to go there like four times a year, so I had to set there, and then I immediately had to leave and go home to go to bed because I got cast to... 
be a prison a prison extra in this in this television show which I can't I can't really name right now because it's it's like the rules uh, but I show up and I'm just thinking like I'm looking around and, and anytime you got a park anytime you got a park and then you go down and there's like a giant bus so you're getting shuttled to some location and then they they pull this in front of this uh I like a roller derby center, which is like the Los Angeles Derby Dolls, which is, dude, it's a factory. They have like two full warehouses. They have a flat track, a bank track that's permanently set up, merch booths, the whole thing. It's like dressing rooms. It's like as professional as a layout. And I'm looking around and it's every single extra actor that I've seen in every single show that I've ever watched about a prison or a street gang. It's dudes with neck tattoos. A bunch of dudes are clicked up. It's old style gangsters. It's it's younger dudes, and I'm just sitting in there. And we're all wearing prison grays, and I walk up to get. Uh, they're like, "What are you, double X?" And I go, "Yeah." And she goes, "Well, this is prison. These run a little small." And she gave me a three X, and uh, yeah, true story. Three X in prison. Now nah, the pants don't fit a little. The pants the pants don't fit right, and the top way too tight. So I'm sitting there, and uh, I, I put this thing on, and uh, I'm like, you know, you, you get a couple selfies with the with the prison jumpsuit. You know, you're you, you, you you're playing the role, right? you got to stand there and look tough. And then come to find out this show's a comedy. And uh, check my site as, uh, I think we're on episode, I filmed episode eight of their first season. And um, when the show's coming out and I'm allowed to talk about it, I'll put it on there because hopefully, you know, I, you never know if you're going to make it in there or not. And the reason that I'm excited is we were in the middle of a take and the guy that I was standing next to starts, we're talking about one thing and all of a sudden he just looks off the distance, turns on a dime and starts talking about Danny Trejo and Gene Simmons and how he knows them. And I'm going, oh, all right, I get it. I mean, it's like, and, and, and I had thought about that because when they said in, to be on this show, you could not have any trademarked images. And I, you're looking at a guy with a Patriots tattoo with an anthrax tattoo, with a DRI tattoo, with a KISS logo, with a Warzone tattoo. I'm, I'm like, a, I'm a fucking living NASCAR is what I am. So I, they had to send me off to makeup. And the lady, the lady covered up my DRI tattoo. And then she took a Sharpie and covered over my KISS Army tattoo. On the, which, which on the top of my wrist is the KISS Army shield that uh, the Human Furnace from Ringworm did. But I had added the, the Paul Stanley star over the top of it because I wanted to say, hey, I'm a huge Kiss fan, but at the same time, Paul is my reason for being, um, you know, he's just every every song that I love in Kiss, for some reason he wrote. I, he just, when I listen to Kiss and I musically resonate with Paul Stanley for the for stage bravado, for being a mouthpiece, for keeping it together through the decades. Yeah, Gene Simmons is is a beautiful human being and you, you, can't, you can't hate the guy. And so uh, I'm standing there and uh, I, I make a beeline right over to Gene Simmons and I'm like, and I'm just like, and he's talking to some cholo dude and I'm kind of like hanging off to the side. Like, like I don't want to bug him, but I know like I'm going to bug him. Right. Cause I, I've never met, I've been a fan of kiss since 1976 and I've never met any member, not even a kicked out member, not even like Vinnie Vincent, not even like, I mean, nobody, not a single, I've never even been in a room with them. And uh, there I am standing next to Gene and I've got my covered up tattoo. And But you can still obviously see that it's the shape of the army shield. And you can kind of see through the Sharpie that, you know, the orange and the red of the letters is shining through. And Gene looks and Gene doesn't doesn't make doesn't break eye contact with the Mexican dude that he's talking to. And then just kind of out of the side of his mouth to me, he goes, you have something on your arm. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. 
And so I got to, I got to fist bump. I, I, I went for the hand. I, I, what do you do? I go for the handshake. I'm old school and I get, you know, the guy's been shaking hands for, for 40 years. So I guess he's over it. And I got the fist bump and then, uh, and then I, I wait, I had a couple more takes and, uh, and then some people started to get a ton of pictures with it. And he was being cool. He was being so cool about it. So I just waited till it died down a little bit. And, you know, he was taking photos with the women and he's so funny with, with ladies. And, uh, and I finally got my photo taken. I shot it myself and, um, and I was kind of walked away and, and I had my, my head down and I was posting it to Instagram and he walked by and he goes, uh, he goes, uh, can I have your autograph? Which I think is something that he says to people. I didn't hear him. And I thought he said, do you want my autograph? And I thought he was just being funny. And I looked up and I was like, what? And he goes, oh, it's, you know, sometimes I just talk to myself. <laughs> and I was like, I was laughing. I go, oh, yeah, I do that all the time myself. And then so uh, we end up we end up being in the same scene. And then so now it's like, so now it's like Danny Trejo Gene Simmons is in this comedy scene that I'm shooting and I'm standing behind Gene. I'm like, this is not real. Is this, is this the culmination of every second that I've ever spent in positive meditation in positive prayer in just yes, ending the universe and everything coming together. Like it's supposed to be. There are these times in your life when the surrealness of it cracks through and you just have to shake your head and go, this just has to be. And it's, it was just beyond weird to be standing next to Gene and at one time he he had a he had a take where the line didn't come out exactly like he wanted and instead of stopping he just powered through it which made it even funnier and I couldn't hold it together and I laughed and he turned around and he goes you love this don't you and I just looked at him and I smiled like so big and I was just like sir you have no idea and then we I got to be in this in this scene where he's lying and I hopefully uh hopefully my fat head and body and likeness does not get edited out because uh I would I would be tickled beyond being tickled to be able to uh not only be on that show but to be in a scene with uh, Gene Simmons knowing that that's a culmination of 38 years and had never meeting a member of Kiss and to know that as a kid being a huge Gene Simmons fan because he was the demon and he had the best makeup and he breathed fire and he was the god of thunder and he flew and it was the cartoon nature of the superhero part of rock and I did and I know this is the second podcast in a row where we've talked about Kiss but I'm sorry it like the universe just throws this your way you got to do it and I'm glad and I'm glad my tattoo is covered up because I'd hate to be like the first time I meet the dude he looks down and goes so I see you like Paul more than you like me. And then I'd have to show him, no, I have your face. It's tattooed under this gorilla. I have a gorilla on the back of my arm, uh, and he has a chain around his neck. And uh, what, what's funny is I have a chain tattooed around my neck with a lock on it that says that has my nickname on it. And then he and then the gorilla on the back of my arm has a chain around his neck, and the and the uh, and the lock around it is uh, Gene Simmons's face. So I would have had to show him that and explain, and then you know, hopefully. All I know is that, you know, holy crap, how does that happen in your life? How do you wake up? How do you wake up at five o'clock in the morning and then you're on a bus and then three hours later you're staring at your hero 200 feet from you, looking at him going, oh my God, he looks exactly like you think he would look. And I'm like, I texted Craig Gass. I'm like, dude, Gene's here. I'm freaking out. I texted literally every single person that I know who loved Kiss. And I was like, I cannot believe this is happening. And for him to be so cool, for him to let me get a picture, for me, God bless, hopefully, to get in this scene. What more could I ask for? 
and you know what i could ask for better roast jokes because i i hopefully uh hopefully it works out as as well as i'd like it to um i've got i've got a good nine or ten right now i think i think if i can write five or six more jokes about how many how many rapist pedophile fucking bald jokes can you write and make good i guess that's the question but that's what they want those psychopaths there in the belly room at the roast battle they're out for blood if it bleeds it leads and they want crass they want politically incorrect they want quick they want vicious and when you're a bald normal white guy from canada it's hard to pull that out but you know what we're gonna make it happen check the blog over there at johntoll.com i'm gonna have a uh i have a new blog uh, i'm put up that i'm working on where i in i was uh i uh, I, I had an interaction with a woman before the show at Chatterbox, and she was a psych major. It was a psych major. It was a bartender who was a sociology major. It was myself who's a philosophy major, and her going, science and philosophy will never get along. And anytime scientist talks about absolutes like that, I always want to pick... Uh, I want to pick their brain a little bit and figure out how they arrive at such certainty, looking to see if I can subvert, undermine their very truths and uh, get them to look at life in a different way and uh, check that blog out because it's uh, some pretty odd twists and turns and, and a look into medication and uh, who you are really talking to. If you're talking to a person who's high on weed, then you're talking to the weed through the person. If you're, And I believe the same thing for heroin and alcohol, and religion, and politics, and anything that we put in front of our very beings clouds these, clouds what people see, and clouds what comes out of us. And so it was uh, very interesting to have that conversation, to have a person on medication tell me that science, science overthrows their ability to feel because their ability to feel is detrimental to who they are. And, and I was just trying to ask the most honest questions. How do you know when you feel what you feel? Have you ever had an experience where something has just completely surprised you? I ask people that all the time. What surprises you? Go about your day. What is really shocking you? What is happening around you that you just have, is head shaking? Is there nothing happening or is it happening all the time? What if you only focused on that thing happening? Is that all you would see? I believe it's possible. We can actually set our course of direction. If you wake up in the morning happy to be anywhere, then your day is going to mirror the fact that you're happy to be anywhere. And guess where you're going to be? Anywhere being happy. So then how can anything be bad? Isn't that the point? Everything is perfect. It's always been. You've always had everything you need. And then if you didn't, it was a lesson because you should have worked harder. The end. Ah. <sighs> I've been eating terror. I don't know. Like I, there, there's something about like Dina not being here and and my love of making a sandwich in 15 seconds. Be it peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, I'm 43. Be it a ham and cheese. Sure, I can I can I can fry an egg. Sure, who who can't me? I I make a cup of soup. You know, you you put the water in the soup and then you eat it. How easy is that? I'm walking my 12,000 steps a day. The beard. I I almost shaved. I'm I'm literally down. <coughs> I'm down to one AIDS pill based on that cough. I am uh, down to, I am literally down to uh, like stubble. Like I'm like, I'm like the Don Johnson 1982 Miami Vice face. I just need a white blazer and uh, 40 less pounds on this frame. (sighs) 
you know, sometimes you just got to take a pause and just, and just, just drink it all in. You know, it's, uh, you know, normally, normally, uh, when I, when I do this podcast, I like to, uh, rip up, I like to rip open a 25 ounce Budweiser, but this time I said, no, how about just a cup of coffee? Hey, you want to smoke a bowl and do it? No, I want to be absolutely present here. And, uh, one of the, I told you to go and check out the, I told you to check out the podcast that I did with Ryan Singer. And the reason that I want you to do that is because I, I had kind of a realization that happened to me a couple of weeks back. We have strawberry. <laughs> this is so dumb. We have, we have strawberries in our, in our window and uh, a couple of them got really big and I got to eat them. And to say that as I sit here on my couch and I do my work and I have my view of downtown LA and palm trees and beautiful blue skies and I get to watch the light hit the actual strawberry bush itself and the little hairs catch it. And and for me, that I, what I've found that is that if you ever, and this isn't new by any means, I, I learned this from my baseball coach, Steve Friend, who if you were in the middle of a baseball game and you made some bonehead move, if you booted a ball or you let a ball through your legs or you, or you, airmailed, a, you, know, you airmailed the third baseman when someone was trying to go first to third on you and then you, you threw the ball into the next county and then a run went in. And then you would get yelled at and then you would just feel awful. But you had to stay in the moment because you could not be ready for the next pitch if your error was rattling around in the back of your mind. And what he said was, find a spot on this field where you can clear your head. And uh, I used to find this branch at the top of the tree where the hawk would live in the right field of our stadium. And if I looked at that branch, it was like, all right, that's my reset. I'm back on this. And what what I did is when I was out meditating, it's all about perception. And what I'm learning is that in any situation, you need to be resonating with everything that's happening, that's positive, that is necessary in the situation, as opposed to your own personal judgments and why you hate the situation that you have found yourself in. And sometimes, you know, if you're walking through an awful neighborhood and there's graffiti and there's violence and there's there's people hanging out and it's a little sketchy, sure, you can pay attention to all that. But at the same time, you could look at a palm tree off in the distance and say, look at that. Look at that thing just catching the light. Look at that thing growing and being as strong as it can, throwing shade when it can, making making fruit, you know, whatever, whatever these coconut things do. I don't think any of these things have coconuts, but that's where they come from. And you're going to look at it going, that's just doing what it's supposed to be doing. So in a situation where you go, yeah, I could look at how bad this neighborhood is, but a little shift of perspective goes, yeah, but look at how much beauty is surrounding here. There's mountains off of the distance. There's there's a national park that I can go hike. There's parks here around town. There's lakes. There's wildlife. You can listen to the traffic or you can listen for the birds. It's really about what your attention is on. All right. And so what I'm sitting here watching these these strawberries grow and I go, you know what? I could... I could look at the pots that the strawberry plants in and go, what do we spend 99 cents for those things? And they look plasticky and they look kind of chintzy. And if you look at the dirt, you know, like, why is it spilling over? Why is it so dirty? Why is it so gross? Why are there bugs in there? What are these chemicals that's in there? What would it be like to be in that dirt and look around? Yeah, it'd be a shitty view of dirt. But growing out of that dirt is some leaves. All right, well, let's look at the leaves. Yeah, well, what are they making? They're making strawberries. So your choice is you can sit there and judge everything that's wrong with how these plants are being presented, or you can just eat the strawberry and just enjoy the fact that this thing is just doing this thing. And 
you are just doing your thing, whether if it's your job, whether if it's your vacation, your vocation or your vacation or your passion, your output is that very strawberry. So don't get mired into the roots and into the dirt of your life. Pay attention to the actual benefits of the work that's being done. In this case, it's art, it's music, it's a strawberry. And then you take the strawberry, you eat it, it gives you energy and you move forward with that idea saying, yeah, have you ever thought about just having a different perspective? And I guess that's the reason that I want you to listen to Ryan's podcast because we had a we had a chance to sit down and, and really and really have that have those questions. And I'm I'm trying to sit down here and find uh hang on here. I wrote down all right, so this is the uh, okay. Finally, it takes my seventeen hundred notepads in this apartment, and I finally and where is it? Where is it always? The last place you look. And so I had uh, I, I've been doing I've been doing this meditation where with my eyes closed I am monitoring my breath. I am uh, I'm enjoying a I'm enjoying a mantra. I'm letting my tape run, but I am also allowing my ears to be open to the noise that is happening in the neighborhood around me. And whether if it's the birds that are singing, whether if it's traffic, whether if it's people who are just doing what people do, yelling at each other or having a good time, maybe an ambulance or police off in the distance. And you could sit there and go, oh, why do I hate all of this noise? You can, but you're going to miss the fact that the birds are still singing. You understand? Like the really... If this whole thing is about perspective. It's about how you believe in what you believe, how you see what you see, and how you hear what you hear. It's your choice to do the filtering and to understand what's being brought to you. And so I sit here and I listen to that. And you can, when you hear an ambulance off in the distance and you hear that siren cut through the air, or you hear a truck cut through the air, but mostly with a with a, with an ambulance with a siren, you think, yeah, you think that siren's bothering you. What do you think that siren is doing for the person lying in that ambulance? Because I know a person lying in that ambulance does not care what that siren sounds like. They are very very present in that moment, and they understand how necessary that siren is. That that siren is not a sound that is cutting into your reality. Perhaps it's something that needs to be in your reality so you can get a reset. Perhaps you're in the middle of a thought that isn't working out for you and hey, oh shit, there's something else worse going on with somebody else that is not me right now. Maybe I should have another way to engage the situation. Where are those birds? I always go back to the birds because they're always ever present. You just got to pay attention to where they're at. It's about choosing that audio perception. And so... um I, I was a, a friend of mine asked me. He goes, "Could you describe?" He goes, "He, you know, it's funny because, like, you know, when you, I don't know, when you get into these conversations of otherworldly realms and the paranormal and sin and hell and the devil, and uh, this is the best way that I can explain sin." Okay, if you were to sit there in your apartment with your eyes closed and you just were breathing and everything was beautiful in your world and and you were watching your breath rise and fall and you were finding that that clarity, that peace of mind, and then you heard a dog barking ever so slightly off in the distance. In 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 this discussion, that lone bark off in the distance is... Let's call it sin. Let's call it a choice. Let's call it something that's ever present. Now, you can sit here in your perfect world as you breathe in, as you breathe in the light, as you smile when you listen. All right, as you smile when you listen and ride that emotion into your next now. Boy, how new easy is that? 
but you can just sit there and just do your breathing and you hear that you hear that bark off in the distance all right and you go i have two options i can accept that it's there and not engage it and guess what it doesn't affect me because i'm not letting it in or i could only listen for that bark and i could become annoyed with it i could become so annoyed with it that i might find out where that dog lives I might go over there and yell at the person who owned that dog for having a dog that was so yappy that would invade my personal space because the dog is out of control. And maybe in that instance, when you're face to face with that owner, that dog comes out and bites the shit out of you. And guess whose fucking fault that would have been? Mr. Walked across the neighborhood to go find the stupid dog that wasn't bugging you in the first place. That's sin. That's the devil. That's what's happening in the world. We adjust our perspectives to allow things that don't serve us inside of us, whether if it's the wrong amount of booze. Is there a right amount of booze? I don't know. I haven't found it. All right. Is it the right amount of uh, cocaine? No, that doesn't exist either. Is it, uh, is, is it drugs that are detrimental to your overall health? I'm not talking weed and mushrooms and, and, and dime out. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about the stuff that is corporate driven, whether it's Zoloft or it's Vicodin, or it's Oxycontin. You can't get the Oxy, so you get the heroin. You can't get the heroin, so you do too much heroin, and you're done, because all you were trying to do is find a new normal. Because you weren't happy with your now, so you went off and chased what you were hearing, some itch, and then you found it, and then you found your own demise. And you can be done with bad attitudes, food. You can be done with anything that you... Anything that you bring into your being, if it's too much and it's detrimental to your very point of being, well, you know what? Maybe you got to, I don't know. Do you hear that? Do you hear the guy with the weed whacker off in the distance? I do. Maybe you got to trim that stuff back. Maybe you got to look around and go, boy, I have such a beautiful garden of life here. And there's a couple things that I'm letting creep in here where if I did a little bit of maintenance, it would be the exact lawn that I need to have in my life because how beautiful is the nature and how beautiful are we that we are the exact same nature as the nature that it surrounds us, that we are the same nature as every other person that we engage with. We're the same nature as Allah life as it surrounds around us. We're the same nature as the stars. We're the same nature as the mountains. We're the same nature as the clouds. Very temporary, but very powerful at the same time. If our mission, if our mission is just to celebrate our life, and for me to celebrate my faith and to pass along my faith to other people that they could do some studying and some reflective, some prayer time and some meditation time on their own if they were looking to change the course and direction of their life. And maybe you learn things in the quiet and you pass them along and you pass along so many things that your mission just becomes the very passing along. And when our time is over here, which is so very short and fleeting, Your mission lives on because you lived in a way that was just bigger than just being a person with a nine to five. And I guess that's really all I wanted to say is uh, I never thought when I woke up yesterday morning at five o'clock, I was going to be standing there taking a photo with Gene Simmons. And there are just times in your life when things will happen to you. And the more you go through your life with the open perspective of being aware of the choices that you're making you can live a life where you're surprised every single day. Don't just settle for the mundane. Don't just settle for stay, for being safe. Go out there and risk some big shit and do some things you've never done before and swim out deeper than you've ever swam and climb higher than you've ever climbed and write crazier than you've ever written 
but do so with the passion because that's why we're here. We're creative beings. So we can destroy or we can create. Or we can we can create to destroy. Shit, that's what I'm doing. Be punk rock as fuck and embrace it. Sure, you were camo shorts for 40 years, but who says you can't, right? Guys, I'm John Toll. This is John Toll's America. Check out johntoll.com. Uh, upcoming episodes of... Uh, well, my new podcast that I'm producing, Barely Friending. I think you're going to be able to get that on SoundCloud under Barely Friending. Add Eddie Delaseppe on Facebook and Twitter, E-D-D-I-E-D-E-L-L-A-S-E-S-I-E-S-I-E-P-P-E. Boy, that's a hard name. Just go on my friend's list and just type in Eddie Dell, and he'll pop up Adam, and then M- and then add MJ Riggins. Those are, are the two hosts of uh, Barely Friending. I think you guys are going to like the show. It's a lot about relationships. It's a lot about friendships, and it's a lot about finding out really what we have in common with the situations that we find ourselves in, not be living in a world where everybody's so divided. And if you stop the war in your head, then there is no war anywhere else. And the only helicopters that'll be flying above you will not be the black ones for the government, but it'll be the very tourists who are looking down trying to figure out why this all went so right for all of us. Guys, thanks for listening. You're awesome. God bless. Take care. I hope all your dreams come true. And I hope, uh, I hope, uh, I hope you smile. Yeah, really. Set your, set your alarm clock and wake up stoked. And as you go through your day, just continue to be more happy. And then give that to other people. And when they give it back to you, you're going to understand that that's the transference of life. And sure, there's going to be times when you get down there and you're going to be really bummed out. You're not going to understand why. And you're going to stop and go, oh, dude, I'm doing this. Let's stop. This isn't real. Anytime in your life when you were fucking up your own ass and trying to figure out why everything was so wrong and you were blaming everybody but yourself. And then you realize that that bad time was just necessary to get to where you are now. Well, then don't live the delusion any longer. Life's great. Keep smiling. And that's the point, guys. God bless. I'm out of here. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.